What's up, Internet friends, and welcome to another episode of the PlayStation Plus Game Club. I'm your host, Kevin Garaventa, a.k.a. The Portland Kevin, and this is a show where we pick one game from the PlayStation Plus library and break it down for your entertainment, information, and amusement. This time, we are talking about Shadow of the Colossus. In 2018, Bluepoint Games remade the 2005 classic by Team Eco, which is part of Sony's Japan studio. This is extremely faithful remake on the PlayStation 4 perfectly recreates Fumito Ueda's vision of the original game on the PlayStation 2, but in a higher graphical quality. So joining me to talk about this updated PlayStation classic is the host of the Trophy Talk podcast, Colin Kohoven. Welcome to the show. Hey, hello, sir. Hello, internet friends. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to discuss this game with you. Yeah, it's well, it's uh, great to have you here. I get to say, I think. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so. Uh, when when I heard that you were playing this game, I, I immediately reached out to you and I said, hey, if we haven't picked a game yet, let's talk about this one, because I really think it needs to be talked about. So I'm glad that that you agreed to to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. And and I don't normally get a chance to speak about games in the same way that you do on your show here. So that's also very exciting for me to kind of stretch a little bit, flex some different muscles in terms of game discussion. Yeah, yeah. Really looking forward to it. You've got a, a different kind of gaming podcast. So uh, tell us a little bit about Trophy Talk. Oh, sure. Thank you. Yeah, so I am the host over on the Trophy Talk podcast. It is a podcast that we do every other week. I have two other co-hosts over there, Slugger JD and Daryl Fuimano, who you may have heard on a previous episode of this show discussing things like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> so yeah, we get together every other week. We discuss more recent games that have come out and their trophy lists. And then we also talk about the games that we have been playing and our specific journeys to Platinum and Trophy Hunt. So it is very focused on the trophy ecosystem on the PlayStation side. And because of that, we try not to really get into story and spoiler stuff too much with the games we play. So again, that's sort of where the the depth comes in from being over here. So very exciting. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm very glad to have you here. Um, you know, we're going to talk a, a lot about like just the games, uh, the game's impact on, um, you know, the the player and and like what you you kind of feel like as you're going through. We are going to have a, a small spoiler discussion at the end, but there is a lot to talk about here just in general when it comes to this game. So uh, if you want to be part of an episode just like Colin here, you can send us an email at psplusgameclub at gmail.com with game suggestions or thoughts you have about our monthly featured game. If you enjoy this episode and want to hear more, please like and subscribe to the show wherever you're listening. It really helps the show like pick up in, in other algorithms and other services. It helps us like reach new listeners, so I really appreciate anyone out there listening already. You can find me on Discord, the Portland Kevin. And you can also email us at psplusgameclub at gmail.com. Colin, uh, where can people find you? Sure, yes. Yeah, so you can find me on Discord, PlayStation Network, YouTube, Twitch, Xbox, pretty much everywhere at CKPresent, C-K-P-R-E-S-E-N-T. And you can find our show, Trophy Talk Podcast, in most places as well. We are now recently on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And we also have a, a Discord channel that we would love for you to come and join. We actually also have a Patreon. I don't want to plug people spending money too much necessarily, <laughs> but if you want to, if you check out the show and you like it, you can head on over patreon.com slash trophy talk podcast. Got various tiers of support over there. So oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I am a, an avid listener of your show and uh, I think it's fantastic. Well, thank so, you very much. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, 
I, I love talking about games and to talk about this month's game, Shadow of the Colossus, I, I can't wait to dive into it. Same. Let, let's try and give anyone listening a basic overview of what this game is as far <laughs> as a, a story goes, because it's very not abstract, but it does not give you much in terms of like a story exhibition or it, it doesn't tell you a lot of what's happening. It just kind of shows you something and you kind of have to infer things from there. Yeah, Absolutely. Great point. One of the things that I had found when researching this game, and I should say I really tried to minimize reading what other people thought about this before we recorded today. Didn't listen to any spoiler cast or anything <laughs> like that because I kind of wanted to form my own opinion. But inevitably, I did hear a little bit about uh, his name is Fumita Ueda. I can't yeah. Remember. What's his first name? Yeah. Fum- Fumita. So, yeah. Fumita Ueda and sort of his design philosophy, which is addition by sub- subtraction. And I think that that core tenant informs everything in the game including the story like you brought up so you're you're really just thrust into the events of this world and i will admit that when i first launched up the game there is a cinematic that plays before you get to the sort of main menu yeah. and i thought the story had just started so i just <laughs> sat there and i watched the whole thing and then i realized yeah. like oh wait a minute this is just like the loading kind of before we even get into the game but it's it's a very uh what's the word i'm trying to find it's a very interesting take right off the bat for for the story to take you know it really puts you in the shoes of the main character who's unnamed initially you're on some sort of a journey and or quest all you really know is that you're accompanied by a horse and what appears to be uh, a body i suppose with you on this horse as you journey through the lands you get to see some very mild sort of life in the form of a hawk and some other things like that but you really don't know where you're going why you're going there or what you're going to find when you get there there's no dialogue those types of things. So I was really stricken by the opening to the game. I thought it left quite a good impact and made me want to find out more. But I am curious, actually, for you, you know, did you play the original? Because I did not. So I'm coming yeah. into this really fresh. No, uh, the original is a game that I uh, I think I've bought probably four to five times in different iterations. Uh, oh, wow. And, and, and like, I, I think counting it in my head, no, I think I've only bought it like three times in total. But I, all three of those times were after the first time I played it. Uh, a friend of mine lent me the game back in 2006 and said, you got to try this. And so I did. And uh, I, I thought it was fantastic. I, I absolutely loved it. And then um, when I, I moved out of that, that apartment and um, didn't have access to my roommate's PlayStation anymore, I bought my own and bought my own copy of Shadow of the Colossus on PS2. Uh, a few years later, back in 2011, they released the uh, the HD compilation of uh, Fumetu Ueda's two games at the time, and I bought mm-hmm. that version. Um, played all the way through that that game uh, a couple of times uh, on PlayStation 3, and then when they announced the remake for PlayStation 4, 
released in 2018. I immediately bought that on on release day um, because I had to have it. Uh, I I have a, a vivid memory of like sitting on the couch watching Sony's E3 presentation the year before and just the first shot of the trailer comes up and you just see the castle from Shadow of the Colossus and I immediately just shout out oh shit like because <laughs> I was I was so excited and I knew right away what I was looking at so I, I was so excited for this game playing this version is it's so faithful to the original that there's almost nothing that has been changed. So uh, I I felt like I was just revisiting one of my favorite games of all time and remembering how good it looked uh, without, you know, removing those rose tinted glasses and and seeing all the flaws that were happening on PS2. But it was amazing, even looking back, that they got this game to run on the PlayStation 2, where there's... The, just this immense sense of scale where you're in this this de- like desolate area this desolate land and you have to fight these giants that are the size of buildings and just <laughs> the 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 idea that they got that kind of thing to happen on the PlayStation 2 is amazing to me uh not to mention the fact that if you want to travel from one place to the next in this land there's no loading screen at all. Mm-hmm. It it's pretty incredible that they they were able to pull that off. Um there are only a few other games on PlayStation 2 that I can think of that attempted that and they mask their loading pretty well, but in this one I couldn't even tell you where it is, like like at what point it happens. So, I thought that was really cool. In this PlayStation 4 version, it it's pretty much like they took that exact game and just painted over everything graphics-wise and left all the rest. Uh, and, and that's how faithful it feels. And for some people, that's a good thing. And for some people that's not because, uh, (laughs) this, this game definitely was divisive when it came out because, you know, what you're supposed to do is find a Colossus in this land, climb it and then kill it. And climbing it is supposed to feel really hard. And that's why the controls don't make things easy. Um, you know, they're, they're not that intuitive and it does feel like you're a little bit uncomfortable and really fighting your way up this thing to to get to the top or or wherever wherever the weak points are but that's how devoted they were to recreating the the PlayStation 2 classic so i really have to commend bluepoint games for for really sticking with that and creating something that is incredibly special you know, it's really, I mean, a couple of things there that I want to touch on. One thing that's really interesting is that Bluepoint is just very, very good at their craft, you know, and it's funny to me that I've now this will be the second game I've played from them that I did not play the original. So the same thing occurred for me with Demon Souls, the PS5 remaster or remake, whatever you want to yeah, call it. Yeah. And I found that game so intriguing that it kind of, in, you know, it interested me in going back and watching speedruns and looking at stuff for the original for Demon Souls. Kind of the same thing happened here, but it's it's really nice for someone like me who wasn't part of the PlayStation ecosystem until the PS4 as a way to get to experience some of these older titles that really made the console and made the ecosystem what it is Yeah, in things like Shadow and Demon's Souls. So I can only hope they do that for Eco, man, at some point. Oh, my oh gosh, yeah, it would, be, it would be wonderful. Eco being the the other Fumito Uedo game that, that came before this one. But uh, yeah, that one that one's great as well. You know, thinking about what other Bluepoint games they've done, like that they've remastered, uh, 
Bluepoint uh, remastered God of War 3. Uh, they they yeah. brought it to the PlayStation 4. And for a long time, I just thought like, oh, well, they just like they ported God of War 3 over to PS4, like just because it's so perfectly redone over there. But no, they completely recreated it because it wasn't as easy as just bringing the files over onto PlayStation 4. The architecture of the 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 difference between architecture for PS3 and PS4 is completely different. So, you know, right. the, it, it's it's not something they can just put on PS4 and call it a day. They had to completely recreate it, but they did it so well that I didn't even notice that it was rececreated. Like I just <laughs> thought it was ported over. So sure, they Same are the Uncharted games as well. Yeah, I feel like yeah. They're masters at at doing that at, at recreating you know other other masterpieces, and I, I'm excited for whatever they're working on next. But um, this particular remake is it, it's just so faithful that they even made it feel like it's it's just hard to play sometimes. So <laughs> yeah, you. well, I'm curious what what are your thoughts on that because because you brought this up right, and I think in my discussion on it over on our show, yeah. I was maybe I didn't mean to come off as hard on people who say the controls are bad. I don't mean to. I'm not trying to alienate anybody or anything like that. Yeah. My personal experience with it, though, is that I actually didn't find the controls to be that weird. Now, I am playing on modern. There's a couple different control schemes in the game. And I understand sort of the philosophy of things like when you're riding aggro, which is your horse around. Right. Aggro is not going to listen to every single command that you input because it's trying to emulate a live actual animal. Yeah, that's all good. That makes total sense to me. And the same thing for the way the climbing works, where you have moments of you literally just shouldn't even try because the Colossus is shaking or there's (laughs) movement or something's happening. You should just sit still, hold down right trigger and wait for it to kind of calm down before you move. And for me, that was all very intuitive. So I didn't really find that the controls fought me as much as many people led me to believe. So I'm kind of curious what you think in your experience with the game. Did that happen for you? Like, how do you feel about the controls? I guess after you've played it so many times, I I think they are just, they're perfect for what they need to accomplish. And, uh, sure. Like, you know, they're not easy to play with. Like you really have to learn how to climb in this particular game. You have to learn how to like jump from one point to another even or even just like running around does not feel the same as other games. Mm-hmm. So I think that it is a case of if you grew up with the original and you you were able to master the original version, then you don't really find all all that much of a fault when it comes to controlling this this character like in the world. And I played it this time on the the original control setup and i did fine but i think it's the case of like was it something that you grew up with originally i i think that that happens in the same way with like resident evil i loved the the original remake that was on gamecube uh back in 2002 and absolutely i that that's how i grew to play resident evil so when people complain about how the controls are really hard to play in that game I'm like, well, what are you talking about? That's how you played Resident <laughs> Evil. Like that, right? the camera's fixed and your character does not move relative to the camera. Your character moves forward, backward, left or right. And like you have to, you can't orient yourself to, to control the character based on where the camera is because it shifts. Yeah. And it, it's like watching 
uh, security camera footage or it's like watching a movie cut together and the camera just like jumps from one point to another and you have to keep running in the same direction. So don't pay attention to where the camera is. But mm. like in, in this particular game, like that's not the same kind of control style, but that that level of difficulty when it comes to playing this game is still there. And, you know, if you want to, uh, you know, climb the Colossus and then jump from one handhold to another, you have you can't just press the jump button. You have to hold it down. So he does like this wind up of a jump and that's how far he's going to jump up to the next handhold or whatever. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I feel like I need somebody else to explain to me why the controls are difficult to use because I've <laughs> never, I've never been there, but I understand that they are difficult and I, I don't really know how they are. Right. And when that's my thing, that's what I was, I guess, trying to get at, which is that I'm not, again, trying to put anyone in a weird spot and being like, oh, get good or anything like that. It's nothing <laughs> like that. I just, I just truly didn't have that experience. So it's yeah. hard for me to sort of empathize with that feeling, at least as in the way that it's used most commonly when it's talking about this game, people say, well, I can't play this game. Or I won't beat this game because the controls are too bad. Right? Yeah. That's the part that I, I, I can't connect with. If there's a different reason you bounce off the game, and I'm sure there are many, because this is a very untraditional game in a lot of ways, like, I can get behind that. But saying that it's the controls, I've never really understood. Quickly, though, before I forget, I wanted to touch on your point about the camera, because I found that to be the case in this game, too. Much like Resident Evil, there's an illusion of control of the camera. Yeah. But you actually... You, and you can. Let me, let me be clear. You can use the right stick to move the camera and pan it around, and you get some of these amazing gorgeous shots of the forbidden land and you're riding around on horseback it's incredible but if you release that stick the camera has a tendency to correct itself it really wants to be in a certain position at all points in time and so what you're actually doing with the right stick is sort of fighting the camera off it's almost like you're resisting the pull that the game normally has to frame these moments for you and once i realized that and once i realized that i could trust the camera to show me what i needed to see that also became easier because I stopped trying to auto correct it and fight it and just let the game guide me yeah. as it was supposed to. Yeah. The game itself is really trying to be cinematic. You know, they, they turn the camera a very specific way for you to, um, you know, you can still see your character climbing this giant thing, but they they're it's trying to frame it in a very specific way to make it look like it is, uh, something that, that is like artistic and, it's very specifically there for for you to see it a certain way. So that's that's one point that I think makes it quite a beautiful game to play, uh, just in terms of like an art piece that, you know, if someone were to tell you that like video games are not art, this is the the game to show them and say like, no, they they really can be. You need to see (laughs) this. Yeah.
You also said earlier just a, a little bit about what the story is where oh, sure. this guy is riding on a horse into this this canyon and you don't really get a good look at it but he's got something on the back of this horse as well and then after that initial intro he gets down into this giant castle that uh has a like a, a bridge connecting to it that that is the only way into this this area but he he gets into he crosses the bridge gets into the castle and in this castle there is a large cathedral area that has an altar and he lays down what looks like a body on the altar and it's a a young girl or a woman and she's dead for some odd reason you don't know why and you also don't know who she is she could be uh his lover she could be a sister a stranger whatever but right then there are voices that come out from the light in the top of this cathedral area that tell him they will bring her back to life if he ventures out into the the nearby land and finds 16 different colossi and i have a hard time saying colossi and not just colossus but that's yeah, me, the me the plural <laughs> the plural of colossus is colossi but uh, yeah. If you venture out into the land and slay these 16 colossi, you will complete this ritual that will bring her back to life. And so like that's that's all you have. And they they also tell you a couple of other things like, you know, you can hold your your sword up in the sunlight and it acts like a compass that tells you where the next one is, but uh that's it. That's all they tell you. And then you just kind of have to get up on your horse and ride out toward where you think the first one is mm. riding through this land is i i find it to be quite beautiful and pristine just to, yeah. to look at but it is also just so barren there are some small signs of life there are trees all over the place but um you'll see every once in a while you'll see like a small lizard running around or a, a hawk or a there's like one spot that has turtles. So yeah. you, you might be able yeah, to find turtles. that. <laughs> but <laughs> I only knew that from going for the trophy yeah. for interacting with them. Yeah. But like there's there's just nothing happening in this world. And so as you're writing, there's also no music at all. So a as you write around, you're supposed to just sit and think about who you are and what you're doing here and what what's what it's all for. And right. we'll start talking a little bit more about that in a little bit. But just the fact that there, there's a lot of that addition by subtraction here, uh, when when it comes to the environment that's been made, it becomes something that's quite beautiful. What did you mm -hmm. think about uh, just like how there's not much here? Yeah, it's a really well said point. Again, to tie back to that addition by subtraction, it, it ties into the design of the game world in such a beautiful way in that the barrenness is contrasted with these little pockets of life. Yeah. And there's almost always something worthwhile in those pockets for you to find as the player. You know, you, you talked about some of those lizards. There's certain ones. It took me a long time to realize this. There's <laughs> certain ones that have a blue tail. And if you kill them, the game never tells you to do this. If you do it, you will get a little bit of stamina. And in the same way, there are these trees that are scattered around the world. 
but there's some of these trees that have fruit in them. And the fruit is pretty innocuous, right? It's yeah. almost, it's an orangish kind of green color. It almost even blends in sometimes with the lighting in the world. It's not like it sticks out like a sore thumb. But if you are curious and you go, hey, this is weird. This tree looks a little bit different. You go over to it and you shoot this fruit down, you get some health back. Yeah. And, or get some a permanent boost, I should say, to your health. Again, the game never tells you to do this, doesn't tell you how to do it. That is sort of a really beautiful thing, I think, in how much it trusts the player to discover these things on your own. To tie it a little bit back to controls, right? There's a way that you can make your horse sprint. There's a way that you can do a quick turn on your horse. You can stand up on your horse when it's galloping. You can pet your horse. None of these things are ever told to you. And I don't think I figured out that I could pet aggro until like my third playthrough. And I was like, (laughs) oh my gosh, what the heck? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I just found that to be really, really incredible. Those moments when you're just with aggro, just riding from one point to the next, or even maybe you get distracted by something in the, in the distance that you see and you want to explore. I found those to be just as impactful as the actual fights themselves. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that they're really, really well done. And, and then quickly, before I forget about the basic conceit of the story, it's important that in the beginning, you don't really know who you are or why you're there, but you can tell that whatever is talking to you through the light is surprised that you're there. And they're also saying, I'm, I'm not going to guarantee that I can bring this person back. But when, because you have this sword, which mm-hmm. is apparently some special sword, it's, it's highly likely, but it's going to cost you something. You know, and I think that it's important that they tell you right at the offset that there's going to be a price to pay for this, even if it is doable. Yeah. So right away, you're like, well, it's not going to be as cut and dry as I thought it was. <laughs> so, so I thought that was really an interesting thing as well. Yeah. Going back to to you talking about the lizards and the fruit, I, I got to confess, I didn't know that you could do that until after my first playthrough. So I played the entire game without doing without upgrading anything that that was like way back in, you know, 2005, where I didn't understand that you could do stuff outside of what you're told. So, right. Um, you know, I was just a young kid. What did I know? Yeah, uh, <laughs> sure, sure. But like, we we should talk about some of these fights because eventually you do stumble upon your first colossus and you have to first climb up into the the area that it's in and it's just kind of walking around minding its own business and then Mm -hmm. sees you and starts to attack you with a giant club that's like the size of a car but (laughs) you know this this thing is this giant humanoid creature that is made out of stone and fur and you have to find some way to climb it and and then find its weak point that is a usually a, a glowing blue sigil somewhere on the body and then stab it with your sword and that will kill the Colossus. These are almost like puzzles in themselves because you have to figure out what is this thing doing and how do I find a way to start climbing something on it? Because you can climb the furry spots, but you can't climb something smooth and, and stone. But, you know, th- there are intended ways for you to get up there. That's one thing that I love about these is that these fights are, are almost like puzzles in themselves, kind of like how the old punch out games were puzzles because you had to like learn their moves and then figure out what the best opening was to to make your move and, and start fighting back. Yeah, I mean, that's really the core. G- I mean, if you're talking about what the gameplay is in the game. The riding between and the riding around in the world is relatively 
hands off in some sense and that you can just set aggro to gallop. And again, aggro will guide you kind of in a, in, along the path that you're on. Yeah. And the camera will do that as well. Took me a while to realize that, that I didn't actually need to steer as much with the left stick as I thought I did. So that was interesting. But you're totally right that these puzzles are really where the gameplay comes in. And I think really the primary example of skill expression in the game comes in the routes that you take on these Colossus themselves yeah. and how you use the physics engine in the game, which is wonky as hell, <laughs> to your benefit to your benefit or sometimes to your detriment. Yeah. And the game does a really good job of sh- of telling you that. So the first Colossus you do that you mentioned, you can get onto it in a relatively straightforward way. But beginning with the second one, they they kind of throw that out the window. Window, And I think the game teaches you early on that, hey, it's not going to be able to, you're not just going to be able to run up and grab onto these things every single time. Yeah. In fact, you're going to have to use your environment to your advantage very heavily. So that's very cool too. Yeah, or, or somehow affect it in some way so that it falls down and then you can get on a, a spot to climb before it gets right. back up that becomes like the the creative part about puzzle solving is like well there's a glowing weak spot on its foot and if you shoot the foot with an arrow then it might kneel down for a second and right. you can get up on it or you know later on there's like some other action that you can take that causes it to bring bring part of its body down to the ground and then like you suddenly ride its hand up into the air and then there are other things you have to do to make it so you can climb over to its back or whatever it is that you're trying to do next but while you're doing this the this is when the music kicks in for for all of these fights and the music itself becomes its own character i feel like where it adds so much to how grandiose these fights feel when they're grandiose already, it adds such a, a weight to all of these that feel like they are a blockbuster that uh, it just wouldn't be the same without them. Um, I had the soundtrack way, way back after I played the game the first time and I just pirated it from somewhere, but <laughs> uh, because like you couldn't find it anywhere else. So mm. I, I found it online. And I was just like, cool, I'll burn a copy of that, threw it in my car while I was driving around. And then my sister borrowed my car one day and asked like, what movie was that soundtrack from? That sounded amazing. And I said, Oh, that was a game. That was shadow of the Colossus. (laughs) So he's like, what? (laughs) That's not a game. What? (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, like, uh, that's how impactful the music is. It is just, it is become its own character in the game almost. So it really adds a lot. I totally agree. And I also have been listening to it on the side since I've been playing this game the last couple of weeks really really enjoying it and i'll have it on at work sometimes while i'm working <laughs> on something and daryl daryl will walk into the room and be like what are you what is that I'm like it's shadow of the Colossus." he's like oh my gosh it sounds awesome i'm like yeah <laughs> you gotta go play it i've it been really trying is. to get him to play this game so if you talk to him anyone push him to play this <laughs> game um <laughs> yeah the music is is really great in particular i'm a big fan of sort of the the opening theme that plays in the yeah. game even when you start it up and some of the quieter themes are very impactful just as much as the sort of larger bombastic ones during the boss fights and one of the things that's really striking about the soundtrack there are many things but one of the main things is how somber yeah it is right i just i find it very sad in some ways it is (laughs) i don't know if you felt the same there's there's not really well it, it kind of goes with the rest of the game where there's not many happy points for this story but you know that that's why it feels kind of somber but like also those those quieter moments where it's leading up to a colossus 
or or you've just started trying to figure out how to fight this thing and you know that you might be like swimming through this lake and there is like this giant thing that is flying over above the lake and uh you know the the music is just kind of slowly creeping along but it is fitting perfectly with uh with, with what's happening but you're right at, at no point is it actually very happy it, it and like some of the the more the quieter moments or like the softer music pieces are a bit more somber because of the the tone that this game is playing is is taking And, and I think that goes for the sound design in general, which is incredible, just like the soundtrack. You know, hearing aggro gallop is, yeah. is a wonderful sound. I love, in particular, you go over these bridges very frequently in the game that take you from the starting area to the north, and you see and hear the waves lapping up onto mm-hmm. the shore below you. It's an awesome sound. And probably my favorite sound is when you just find it, happen to find yourself in, I think there's only two areas that I know of, but... There are a couple areas that are more forested and yeah. densely populated with trees. And you hear the soundscape there of the birds and the insects and the water and mm-hmm. everything. And you can just be like, wow, this is awesome. It's very, yeah. very immersive. I don't know how else to describe this, this kind of environment that it puts you in other than like, this is video game location comfort food. Uh, yes. this, in, this time around, like I played this game through like probably in a total i've lost count but i think it's around 10 times uh, okay because i i've platinumed both versions that are on the one on playstation 3 and the one on playstation 4 uh i played through the ps2 version so many times before then but mm. there are certain things that i know by heart about the geography of this land that make me feel at home playing through it and this time around, I said, hey, I've never played through the mirrored version of this game. Why don't I try oh, that? Whoa. So uh, like there's the option at the beginning of the game that if you've played it enough times, you can play through the mirrored version where it just mirrors everything and and the entire world is is just opposite. You know, everything east to west is now west to east, whatever. Oh, my God, that would throw me off so much. <laughs> it like knowing it so well, I played through it and I killed the first Colossus and I thought I need to switch back because I it, it does not feel right here. I, I don't like this <laughs> and I am I am missing what it was like in the other direction. Yeah. So there oh, there is a certain point of comfort of just knowing what this world is and taking it in every once in a while. It is definitely a vacation spot that that you can visit digitally so do you have any favorite locations in Ah, this game that's great that's really great question actually yes i do have some favorite locations one of them i alluded to already when you are heading north from the shrine where you start each of your runs 
you can either go on the west or the east side and there's a bridge that takes you over this gap where the ocean is and stuff the the left side bridge or the west bridge i always love riding yeah. over i find that to be one of my favorite spots in the game i talked about the waves being there and it, it's just incredible another one that i found more recently is in the very south of the map i think it's the southwest the plateaus start to get a lot more jagged and yeah. vertically sort of mixed up and there's this one spot where you can find a shrine at the very edge of the map that's facing towards the south towards the ocean mm -hmm. and i thought that spot is incredibly beautiful as well um and then the last one i'll say because i don't want i could go i could go on for a long time <laughs> about this the, the, the last one that i'll say is probably the area where you are fighting uh let's say phalage well i don't want to say the name of the colossus you're fighting a colossus and you yeah. see a massive waterfall area before you go in to fight them oh yes and it's this huge 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 amount of water dumping down from this lake to this lower area and there's cliffs and trees around it and stuff and you can see it pooling and you can hear it and it just sounds it sounds incredible yeah so i think those three spots are probably my favorite yeah the ambient noise is is just amazing in this game like going back to the, talking about the forest so um, one of my favorites, and and you mentioned that forest that's in the kind of the, the southwest area of the shrine. Yes. But if you go through that forest and kind of venture through it, keep going uh, west through that, you'll come to a cliff that overlooks mm -hmm. a lake or a swamp area. And this is like one of those spots where in the, in the land, they could have fit another Colossus in here, but they didn't. Another instance of of addition by subtraction, but uh, mm. you know there there are spots in this in this game where they could easily fit another ten colossus, and you wouldn't bat an eye. Yeah. That's fine, but they don't, and they just let you take in these beautiful areas sometimes. So this one in particular, there is a cliff that overlooks a very shallow lake that you can just walk in ankle like ankle high water, but it uh. has a giant tree in the bottom of this canyon as well that is just surrounded by water and if you jump down into that water like you you'll take damage because it's not shot it's not deep at all but mm -hmm. if you find a way down into this canyon that has this this lake as a floor you can see there's mist rising off of the water and oh. it is it's one of those spots where it's just like oh my god like i cannot believe <laughs> they put this in here uh but oh, that's incredible yeah. i need to go find this i don't know i think i may have encountered the area you're talking about yeah. but the context for it was i shot some fruit off this tree <laughs> and it fell and i couldn't find it and i'm like i think it fell all the way down to that lake but i don't know how to get there so i yeah. just left it and i was like all right i'm out <laughs> <laughs> but, but i think i think that's the area you're talking about yeah yeah, yeah. so that there's there's that there's uh the Umbral Glade, which is a very specific save shrine area that is up in the northwest, uh, right before Colossus number fourteen, but it's oh, not even yeah. a uh, it's not even a canyon or a, a valley that you can you you have to venture into. You can just pass by it. But if you stop in there, it reminds me very much of driving through the the Columbia Gorge outside of the Portland area. And oh. if you've if you've ever been in this in this area it is like you're driving through this massive gorge and there are mountains on both sides of you as you're you're driving along and 
uh, we, we did that just a couple of weeks ago, my wife and I did. And I got that same sense of like going through a place that is definitely not someplace I'm used to and is not meant for someone my size. <laughs> you know, this is yeah. definitely someplace that will, that, that, that will dwarf you when you just look at it. So it is quite beautiful. And that's what the Umbral Glade kind of feels like. I, I love that spot as well. You know, th- those are some of my favorites, but we should get back to talking about the actual Colossus fights because yeah, let's do it. what happens when you eventually kill one of them? And this is, this will happen after your first fight, but right. uh, the Colossus topples over and falls to the ground. And then the, at the spot that you've been like stabbing at it, out comes these tendrils of black shadow or whatever they are. And they fly around in the air for a few seconds and then they, they like kind of grab onto your character and he absorbs them in a sense and then falls right. down to the ground unconscious. There's this is this really sad music that plays too, yeah. right? It's it, to get back to the audio. It, you, it, immediately you start to go, was that a, did I do the right thing? <laughs> was that was i supposed to do that you know Cause yeah when those tendrils get you too it makes this incredible like impactful sound when they first hit your body yeah and i don't even want to try to replicate it because it's gonna sound goofy as hell but you know what i mean <laughs> and and then you seemingly die and yeah. respawn right so you're like wait a minute what it, like, it's it's a very confusing initial yeah. thing but it starts to become part of the rhythm and the core gameplay loop of the game and you so. know that like this is probably a bad thing you know, the, right. this is there's in no way this is a good thing. But uh, <laughs> you also like right before you wake up, you see a shadow standing over your your character's body. By the way, you don't know this like the game never tells you this, but his name is Wander. And right. like you only know that be- I, I know that because I looked it up online. But before Wander wakes up, there is a shadow standing over him. And after you've killed a second Colossus, there are two and then three after the third so every time you kill a colossus there are more shadowy figures watching over him before he wakes up in the shrine again you know that that is another clue for telling that like what he's doing is not necessarily a good thing yeah and who are these yeah. people i mean I, I don't know i don't want to get into i have a theory on it and i think we'll save it for later yeah when we but but I found that to be really confusing. And one of the things that also can happen is as you seemingly absorb those tendrils you mentioned and you before you respawn in the temple or the shrine, excuse me, you go through this black tunnel, this yeah. black and white tunnel. And every once in a while, you will hear someone. And I found that really striking as well. In my mind, I thought you were hearing the girl who you were trying to bring back to life. Yeah. That's what I took that to mean. But that also is a very kind of interesting moment because not all of those things that you hear from from seemingly that person sound positive either sometimes they sound like they're in pain or they're crying or they're remorseful and you're like wait uh, what (laughs) you know (laughs) like yeah again very confusing because like uh, you mentioned you hear her voice and you know it could be her voice it could be anyone's voice but it's someone's voice and the the language that's being spoken in this game is made up so Mm. you know there's there's no way to really understand what they're saying they do have subtitles every once in a while for when there is like, you know, one of these these like higher voices talking to you, but you never really like know what's being said. Is it her voice? Yeah. And is she telling you to stop? Is she telling you to keep going? Or 
Well, like she be she could be telling you anything. So right, are you hearing her when she was dying, like before <laughs> she died? Like I, I, I again, it kind of leads to that beautiful ambiguity that the yeah. game leaves you with, you know. So yeah, yeah, very interesting. We were like, I was on the couch and uh, more ambiguity, but like my wife, like she said, so are these things just wandering the the place and and like you're showing up and killing them and like like they're not evil are they and i said no they're they're probably not evil they they have some sort of dark spirit inside of them but are they they're just like containing these things like the dark spirit was imprisoned inside of it so you know they're they're not necessarily evil and then like i imagine that this is what it feels like to be on a, a whaling ship in yeah. the 1800s like uh, because yeah. you you see like like you've encountered this massive beautiful thing that does not mean you any ill will and what you do is kill it yeah that's again it goes back to the thing of like am i doing the right thing or am i the mm-hmm. bad guy in this and oh. again that's what that's at least what i start to think about as i'm riding across the desert to colossus number 6 or 7 yeah and I'm I'm thinking to myself, is this something that I can that I should keep doing? So uh I, I read a book one time that was talking about uh whether or not you are the bad guy in certain games. And this was one of them. And he was talking about another game where people did not like the ending. And they said, like, well, you know, the credits are rolling and you can just assume that the game is over, or you can actually continue playing as your character while the credits roll and go take this other action you don't have to but the game lets you so it's your choice right now whether or not you want to continue doing this you know you can just say that wander decides to to give up gets on aggro and leaves the shrine and goes across the bridge back out the way he came you know that that is how you can say that you know the game ends he decides that this is not worth it and that's the better thing to do but I mean, it's so yeah, it's so tough because we don't know, yeah. right? I think the motivation becomes a huge thing here, and and I guess that's the question the game is trying to get you to think about, which is, is it okay to do a bad thing if it's for a good reason? Right? Yeah, which is not a new question; it's been asked for many many eons, but it is an <laughs> important question to ask, and we don't know the context of how this person died, yeah. why they're dead, you know what this land is even or who this entity is that you're interacting with we only really have uh the actual voice itself as a narrator for us throughout the adventure and obviously they are pushing you to kill these colossus yeah and you're getting a mutual sort of symbiotic relationship out of it because you can potentially bring this person back to life but again who is this person is that person a dictator is it you know someone who was sacrificed for the right reason was it someone who you just don't know. And so it's really hard to say. But certainly, if you read between the lines, I would agree with you that I think you're the villain in this. Yeah. In the way the game tries to signal that to you many times. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, and, and that's, you know, that 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 is where, like, you can you can say, like, well, like, he's he's doing bad things. But, you know, it, is he doing them for a noble reason? So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the other games have have tackled this like the the best one I can think of is is both Last of Us games. Yeah, you know, they they have characters that keep doing things that you don't want them to do, but they keep doing them anyway. 
And then, because you're playing as them, these actions that you feel like they are doing are like something bad, you're culpable in their actions as well because you're taking part in something bad as well. So that's mm. that's a very unique feeling that video games can convey and not many of them do it well, but this one does. I yeah, 100% agree. Yeah. Last of Us is the game I thought of first when you started saying when you yeah. were bringing up that idea, especially the first game, I think and maybe one of the more key differences is just that you it is possible to stealth through a lot of the areas in the last yeah. of us whereas in this game it is impossible to progress without uh absorbing some feeling of guilt at what you're doing yeah by the very nature of trying to beat the game and get through it you have to do these things and because there are no enemies and smaller mobs or anything to fight it is really just these bosses yeah just the very act of completing the game again is, yeah. is how you know you have to do it it's it's so interesting There are uh, other like extra things that they've thrown into this version of the game. The, there are the time trials, which which are in the original version as well, but they're slightly made easier in this version. I know that you've been playing a few of those. Yeah. Hell yeah, <laughs> you're yeah, absolutely, absolutely loved them. Yeah, I've beaten beaten it on hard and on normal for the nice, time. nice, and and so like then you get like these special items that will let you. Uh, you know, find all the lizards in the world or all the fruit. There's even a parachute that you can get that will make it so if you fall off the Colossus, you're fine. It's awesome. <laughs> <that thing. laughs> yeah. But but you finished all the time trials. That's that's pretty awesome. There's also a like a speed run trophy that you've been going for. Uh, have you have you yep. earned that that speed run yet? I actually did. Yeah, I earned it on my second playthrough ever. So I took your advice. I played through the game on normal. And then I played through the game on hard, got that speedrun trophy, and then jumped into time attack. And what I found was pretty funny is that after I completed the time attacks and went back to playing the game normally, I had trouble remembering how to get to the Colossus. You know, because I was like, wait a minute, I, I'm just so used to just jumping in with time attack right yeah. now and just being in the boss. I actually can't remember how to get there. <laughs> so, uh, and now, of course, I've, I'm on my fifth playthrough of the game. So it's, yeah. I've started to kind of put it together. But the time trials were really fun, I thought. I think they're. I mean, it's a great way of really encapsulating the spirit of this game, which I think is very pro speedrunning. Yeah. This game yeah. invites you to try to speedrun it, invites you to try to get through it quicker and optimize. And we talked about Resident Evil before. This game and Resident Evil feel very similar in that regard, where your first playthrough is going to be the most experimental, the most time intensive, and every subsequent run after that 
you're shaving off minutes at a time until it gets down to this probably hour and a half to two hour, very tight experience that you can have. Yeah. And I, I really like that. Yeah. I, I feel like that I, I know it so well. I've played this so many times that I sometimes when I'm having trouble sleeping, I start to list off in my head where each Colossus is. Oh, and nice. since this time around, I hadn't played this in a couple of years. And even like six months ago, I was still doing that. If I was having trouble sleeping, I'd be like, oh, okay, Colossus number one is directly to the South. Number two is down <laughs> on the beach. And, and like, I would just, I would start doing that. And then I would also like recite strategies in my head of what it took to take each one down. So mm. I, that's how well I know this game. It's kind of scary, but yeah, that's uh, awesome, the, the time trials. Yeah. The time trials will also teach you like how to take them down really fast. That's really yep. cool. They've also added you get in great items. Like you said too. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. You can get, um, I'm, I'm currently wearing the shaman mask, the shaman robe. Like I'm using all the buffed up stuff. You even get this thing eventually. I can't remember which unlock it is, but the queen sword, which I think is a little Easter egg to an older game, but yeah. it basically kills each weak point in one hit yeah. on the Colossus. So yeah. it makes it so quick when you do it later. So very fun. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, you can't use them for the time trials themselves. That would be a lot easier. But I know I yeah. thought you could at first <laughs> when I went when I first tried the the time of trial on hard, I was expecting to have all my stats, you know, from the first two playthroughs. And I was like, OK, here we go. And then the first Colossus, you're back to just that original stamina circle. And I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. What? And like, this no. is going to be harder than I thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. On the, the original PS2 version, you could get yourself powered up so much that that stamina circle would take up a quarter of the entire screen but at that point oh it would like b- because it would obscure your your vision so much what they would do is they would just fade it out and so mm. you wouldn't even see the circle then when it starts to shrink little by little it starts to fade into the screen so that that's how they do it it's really really cool effect this time though yeah, it's just cool. a it's just a straight bar that goes across the bottom of the screen like that, that's another like small change they had. They also added in collectible coins that you can find throughout the world that then when you've collected all 78 of them or however many they are, then uh, you, you get like There's this, 78. It's ridiculous. Yes. Oh, I feel stupid. I, think <laughs> I, found, two, I found two of them. I oh, think. man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I yeah. And you get like a special sword, but you're. The, the 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 amount of stamina that it takes to reach some of these because you have to climb so high it's really not worth collecting for for just the advantage of having that sword so that that's hmm. not one that i recommend going for but you know there there's that little extra added in you can get yourself to be powerful enough to climb the shrine and like yeah. reach the top but you know, there, there are a couple of coins up there. And by the time that you're you're powerful enough to get there, you've maxed out your climbing stats. So it it's just like, well, there's there coins up there that you can get for an un- unlock for a sword that probably won't help you out that much because you're already maxed out. So, really. yeah, at that point <laughs> in the game, it's almost just it's just for the sake of of the, it's probably meant for those people who have such a reverence and love for yeah. the original game that this is something new for them to try to find. Yeah. and explore and i mean it's really cool they make this really interesting audio cue when you're near them too it sounds like a little bit of music playing yeah. that's the only reason i even knew what it was and then i saw it on the ground and i'm like can i pick this up i walk <laughs> over it nothing happens i was like okay I'll, pr- I'll try to bend down and pick it up and then i grabbed it 
but nothing else happened. And I was like, okay, yeah. I, I guess I got whatever that is. I'm moving on. <laughs> I found the, the first one I found was next to that barrel in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I think is a, and, and I got a trophy for finding the barrel and I was like, oh, sick. Um, I'm very happy selfishly that there is no trophy to collect all these points. Yeah. That is really I nice. could have easily seen them doing that. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, did you also use the, the photo mode that they've included in this? I have tinkered with it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I, I've also just taken quite a few screenshots just with the quick button press on the PS5. Yeah. I am riding around. I got so into this photo mode the first time it re- the game released. I, I took over 100 different setup shots for this. Oh, nice. Uh, and and I, I loved it that much. It also has a great suite of filters for you to create different looking shots for it. So that one area that I, I mentioned earlier with the mist coming off the lake, oh, I, yeah. I had Wander standing in that and then took a filter and made it look like it was nighttime. And so you have like this night shot of the mist rising off the lake next to a tree. It's, it's amazing. So, uh, that's oh, one that I man. really love. Yeah. Now I'm just wishing that there was a day night cycle. <laughs> like I can only imagine how beautiful the starscape would oh, be yes. in this area. Right. Like, Oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, that, that's a good, uh, reminder for me to mention that there is a photo mode challenge happening, um, over in the discord right now for anyone listening that happens to have shadow of the Colossus. Uh, you can submit uh, a photo over there and I'm going to be picking a winner at the end of January. So, um, you know, that's, Hell yeah. that's coming up. So really, really exciting. But, you know, there's, is there anything else that we should talk about regarding the game in general? I think we've danced around it a little bit. And I would just like to formally mention that the HUD in this game is incredibly minimalistic. Yeah. And there when you're riding around, there really isn't anything displayed on the screen until you take damage or are actively using your stamina. Those bars themselves aren't even on the screen. Yeah. So it's a very stripped down approach and it, it helps you focus on just what you're looking at and the actual active riding or whatever you're doing at the time. I found that to be a really, really smart design choice mm-hmm. and even though it's not directly related, just so I don't forget about it, I would like to mention the architecture in the game, yeah. which is incredibly weird, and <laughs> I absolutely love it. It seems to have so many different mixes of cultures in these ruined cities and these areas that you find. Yeah. In particular, there's those rings in the desert that are like hoops almost, right? Yeah. And you're like, what the hell is you this? Can... Like, I just... Yeah, go ahead. You you can like ride. You can as you're riding aggro. You can you can ride through them, and it's it's like this is really odd. I wonder, does it do right. anything? No, it doesn't do anything. But it's okay. Just... Well, thank you for clearing that <laughs> up because I could have. I was like for like a like a serious thirty minutes. I was like, all right, I'm gonna try to go through these in a weird way. Maybe there's <laughs> something that happens if I like go through them in the right sequence or yeah. something. Yeah. Um. Okay. Cool. Yeah. But one other thing I do like to ask anybody on the show is. Uh, how would you rate this game? Is this uh, not worth your time? Is it a, a tried if you have PlayStation Plus or you find it on sale? Or is it a, a shut up and take my money kind of level game? <laughs> That's a wonderful way to put it. <laughs> I or For me, and of course, gaming is such a subjective activity. Hard to say. But I can tell you for me, shut up and take my money. Yeah. Right? Like I would pay full price for this thing. There's no questions asked. I ended up getting it on sale because it's it's older at this point. So even if you don't have PlayStation Plus Extra, which you should have, but if you don't, you should you should try to get this game. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, I I have to agree with you. Like 
it is there at the the shut up and take my money level, but that's because I'm I'm a, a Shadow of the Colossus stan from 2005. So I <laughs> I loved this game back when it first came out, and then I love this new version. You know, there there are some people that really just cannot get into the controls or the gameplay itself, but right. uh, this is an art piece that goes for a very specific direction that pulls it off incredibly well. And if you get into it, I guarantee you're going to have a great time just taking this in. Um, right. And and I think the, <clears throat> the thing I can say that would back you up even more so than I already have is just that I didn't play the original. Okay, right? yeah. This is my first experience with Shadow, and I still feel like it's a masterpiece. <laughs> I would put it already. It's already got a spot now in probably my top 10 games of all time. Oh, even wow. Even just after, after playing it only for about three weeks. Holy shit, because you play a lot of a, yeah. a lot of games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very it's, it's been a very impactful experience for me okay. to get to this game. Yeah, I re- I've really, really enjoyed my time with it. Okay, I, I'm so glad that you 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 know agreed to come on here and talk about it. So, I, I'd like Go to <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'd like to ask in a short actual books and more recommendations of a book club style podcast. Did yeah. you play any of the other Fumito Ueda games? I'm guessing not because this is your first time playing Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, unfortunately, okay. I I have not played any of the other ones, and I'm really bummed that at least on native hardware, I don't have access to eco. I think that game looks really, really interesting. And I know it was very influential on games that came after it in the industry, including things like dark souls, which I absolutely love as well. Yeah. So it's, it's a very, um, it's an area that I'm really eager to explore more of. I have watched speed runs for, uh, for eco and for the last guardian, but I, and for Shadow of the Colossus, obviously yeah. now, but I, uh, but no, I haven't played any of the other ones. I do have The Last Guardian sitting in my cart. I just have been toying around with whether or not I actually want to pull the trigger on it. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I have not played The Last Guardian, which is the, the third game, but I, I did play Eco, and it's not as incredible as Shadow of the Colossus, but it's, it's still something that is, is quite lovely. It, again, like, you know, a lot of addition by subtraction. There's not a lot going on as far as HUD or exposition goes for, for a story, but you're just uh, a boy that is guiding a, a a girl or a princess through a castle and trying to save her from a, an evil queen. It's hard to describe and explain. It's a lot easier to just see it and play it. And then Last Guardian, it, I haven't tried it yet, so that's another one that's on my list to try out if I can find the time. Um, I just don't know. If I'm a trophy <laughs> I mean, again, I'm yeah. a trophy hunter predominantly on the PlayStation ecosystem. So looking at the trophy guide for the last guardian is it's so mixed for me. I'm unclear of how hard it is. Yeah. You know, like you, you, again, you go in the comments or some people that controls suck. You can't get the, the beast to do what you wanted to do ever. Oh my gosh, this is in, intolerable. And then you see other people like 10 out of 10 masterpiece, <laughs> the most, you know, I'm like, I just, I can't get a read on how, like how I'm supposed to feel about this yeah. game. I think in reality, I'll probably end up picking it up just out of sheer curiosity. Mm-hmm. I just don't know when I'll, when I'll get to it, but at yeah. some point I would like to play it. Yeah. I, I, I feel like the same way. So are there other games that you can think of where you're climbing and fighting giants of this scale that, that are really good? Oof, man. I, you know, it's funny. I feel like I should be able to tell you more examples very quickly, but I really 
Ant, I think. Yeah. There are games that have elements of it, for example, hunting the white whale in Assassin's Creed Black Flag or encountering the giant squid in that game in the fun Easter egg that's there. There there are moments that sort of mirror that. And then I think that, you know, there are games that obviously rely heavily on the climbing aspect as well. But I really can't think of. Let me put it this way. There are certainly other games that are boss rushes, which is kind of what you could condense this game down to. Yeah. But they, but there's none that I can think of that do it with this sense of scale other okay. than this game. Yeah, yeah. The only one that I could think of that did it well was Castlevania Lords of Shadow. And ah. that one has, it has like these three, from what I remember, there were three fights where you, there was like this giant thing that you had to climb. And it was almost like when you were climbing it, it was like playing a, a rhythm game where you had to specifically jump and swing around or uh, like grab on something at a very specific time and it uh it, it did become like this puzzle because that's what the entire like the entire level was just you climbing a, a dragon or something and then like reaching its weak point and killing it but mm. it would have very specific like attacks that would sweep fire across the the spot you were climbing and so you had to like dodge those at the right time it was very very bespoke for uh like a rhythm game but instead you were this character that was climbing around and it it was pretty cool but you know that was just one one small part of the rest of the game because the rest of the game plays a lot more like god of war and and then there's like these climbing points that are like shadow of the colossus um, I think God of War is a great shout, though. I, yeah. When you were just talking, I forgot to mention God of War <laughs> 3 probably has some moments like that. Uh, it does. That yeah. Are, yeah. Yeah. But but again, the context of what why you're doing the thing and even the way the combat feels is so different. Right. It's so clearly like an antagonistic battle. Yeah. In God of War versus in Shadow, which is a very one way affair mm-hmm. where it feels like a, a beast is just trying to get you to leave it alone and yeah. you're trying to kill it. You know? So, yeah, yeah it, it felt very different. Yeah. Are there any games that that for you have like this comfort food kind of environment? Like I described, like, like this place, I just feel nice viewing and, and riding around in. Mm. Yeah. Two, I mean, two come to mind. If you, if you know me, if you've listened to me talk, they're not going to be surprises. One of them is Resident Evil's, uh, the Spencer mansion. I feel very at home in, you know, you were talking about how you can, via when you're trying to go to sleep you can navigate this world of shadow when i was going for the platinum in resident evil remake i before bed would run through the route in my head of how to beat the game and i can and i still think i could do it in probably an hour and a half even though i haven't played the game in a long time and i love that mansion so much and the save rooms in there so much so that's probably the first choice for me and then i would say a close second to that is any and all of the firelink shrines in the soul series oh yeah special place in my heart, the uh, the Dark Souls 3 Firelink Shrine, weirdly enough, is one that I feel very strongly about. Huh. A lot of people are kind of mixed on that game, but I think the the track that plays there is incredible. And it's in the space is is very uh, it's much more grand than some of the other Firelink Shrines you encounter. Yeah, so. it, it's funny that you brought that up because I just started Dark Souls 3 last week. Oh, OK. So, you know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking yeah. about then. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> No, I I really love three. Just real quickly, I think it's, I it's probably my favorite of the Dark Souls games, but that's a very uncommon opinion. So yeah, 
Yeah. Okay. Be curious what you ha- what you have to say as you go on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll update you with you know my progress, but uh, yeah, but yeah. Before we go into a spoiler discussion on Shadow of the Colossus, remind us where uh, where can we find uh, your your material, Colin? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you can find me pretty much on any platform at CK Present. That's my username. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everywhere, including over on Xbox. I'm not PlayStation exclusively. And then uh, I have a YouTube channel as well, CK Present. And then the show for Trophy Talk, it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. It's just a Trophy Talk podcast. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, So uh, for our spoiler discussion for Shadow of the Colossus, we're going to do two things. First, we have to talk about this ending. And uh, (laughs) second, we are going to, because I feel like the, the Colossus fights themselves are a bit spoilery if we talk about them. We're going to break down our top five Colossus fights each. Uh, let's go let's let's start (laughs) let's talk about the ending first of all like you've killed your 16th colossus and again like these tendrils come out of the colossus and then get absorbed into wander and he collapses wakes up in the cathedral and just then i guess like the the high priest that was forbidding anyone from coming to this land shows up with an escort and the this this escort of soldiers start to attack wander and and want to like put him out of his misery because by now he has started to decay into like an undead zombie but is still like coherent um yeah your skin looks more ashen and gray and and i've noticed in subsequent playthroughs that you can actually see this happening earlier than i thought yeah it happens over time like after like the fifth one i'm thinking to myself he's looking kind of pale hmm yeah, same. I didn't know if it was just like the the areas that I was going, the lighting was a little bit different yeah. later in the game, and that's why it looked that way. But no, you actually can see it happen in real time, which is yeah. very cool. Yeah. So like one of the, the soldiers shoots him with an arrow, and then that causes him to start to bleed the black substance mm-hmm. that he was absorbing all this time. Mm-hmm. One of the other soldiers stabs him with the sword, and that presumably kills him. But then he just kind of grows into this giant shadowy colossus and you play as one of the colossus as this this like final fight and you you fight the soldiers that uh are are trying to attack wander now this is one of those like dream like power trip scenarios where it's like oh great now i get to be the giant thing fighting the small thing and you realize yeah. how you realize like how difficult it was for these giants to try and kill Wander because he's this tiny thing that just can kind of like weave around its feet and uh, like dodge its giant swings, you know, whatever. But mm-hmm. like the soldiers and the high priest escape and they they like throw the sword into the, the fountain at the entrance to the shrine. And that opens up a portal that starts to suck Wander in. And yeah, that's just the end of, of Wander. And the, the heartbreaking yeah. part about that is that, you have control of him 
the whole time you're like sliding toward the portal and you can grip the the stairs as he's like being pulled in and hold on for as long as the stamina bar will let you. And mm. uh, my wife was watching this moment and I I said like, she's just like, so you're just going to hold on. And I said, it feels very wrong to just let go. Like, mm. like it, it doesn't feel like yeah. this is something that he would do, but eventually either you have to let go or your stamina bar is just going to run out and you get sucked into the portal and disappear. Right. That's, that's it for water. Yeah. So it is, it's kind of heartbreaking for that to be the end. But then, or is it, <laughs> <laughs> but then yeah, yeah. the young woman at the altar wakes up and she's, she's alone. Nobody's there. We also didn't talk about what happens to aggro. Uh, this is like, this is one of those where like the first time I saw it, I almost cried because I was like, no, my best friend, uh, as you're approaching the 16th fight, uh, you have to cross a bridge and it starts to crumble while you're riding aggro and he lunges forward and kicks, he like bucks you off of the horse off of himself and throws you toward the safety of solid ground while the bridge is crumbling and he falls down into the water and presumably dies. And, uh, like this is another point where like the music really makes an impact, but, uh, there's tons of YouTubers out there who have videoed their reaction of seeing wander die for the first time. It's heartbreaking. Um, this is, this one was like a loss of a, a big character for me. I mean, it's your only companion in the whole game, yeah. really, you know, so and and such a faithful steed she is. I believe it's a female, <laughs> it's, actually. For it Adra. is a girl. She, yes. Yeah, it is a girl. Yeah. And she's always there at the shrine after you get teleported back after you kill these colossi. So, yeah, there, there's certainly some sort of a bond between you and this horse. I mean, that's a big part of the game. And it's a big part of sort of like the lore as well. I feel I feel like these whoever these people are, this society, they, they have their horse and they yeah. are extremely bonded to their horse. And that, and this is what it feels like. So, and this yeah, being, it's a really sad moment. Yeah. But, but like this being the only other character in the game, of course you're going to feel terrible because she's been with you the whole way through. She's been with you for the whole journey and yeah. for her to, to sacrifice herself at the end of this is, it was heartbreaking. But then after, after everything happens with, the the high priest and his escort coming in and, and killing wander he gets sucked into the portal the girl wakes up and then aggro limps back into the shrine and yeah. it, that's amazing because like she's always been returning to the shrine after every colossus fight and so she does this last time even though like she didn't see like what happened to wander afterwards she just knows that this is the place that she comes back to mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so she and the, the young back looking for you presumably, <laughs> yeah, presumably yeah yeah i mean that's yeah but like she and the young woman get up off the the altar and limp toward the the pot like the fountain where there was the portal and what's there is a small baby that has horns now this is like yeah. uh one of those things where like you can interpret like this in in many different ways but I think for me, like how I interpret it, 
at least after viewing it this time, was that this baby is the the reincarnation of both Wander and the 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 demons that were were called the Dormen, the the shadowy figures. They have now melded into one, and this is the the first horned boy that has been created in this land. And eventually, in, uh, in Eco, there are there is like the the character that you're playing as is a horned boy that has been brought to a castle and then left there because possibly because he has horns and the the people fear him as as like this demon creature and and so like this is the first horned boy that we get but that's that's kind of the the small link to eco and and one of the other games uh oh but weird I, oh, I, that just totally shattered my <laughs> my theory which i'll i'll tell you i guess just yeah. because it seems like the right place to do it so the and i knew that about eco right but in my mind the way that you described it chronologically i think makes more sense that this would be the first horned boy that we see later persecuted in eco yeah but in my mind i was going okay in eco there's these boys these horned i guess boys or girls that are brought to this castle and they're kind of sealed away in these like tombs and i sort of assumed that the colossi were actually these horned boys or girls that were imbued with a piece of the spirit of dormin because they broke him up a lot like voldemort in the yeah. horcrux they broke him up into these pieces and then they mutated and became these giant colossi but because their spirits are still that of the whoever they were originally, they're not harmful. They're not aggro. You know, they're not aggro. They're not very, um, you know, they don't mean you any harm. They're just confused in these sort of like mutated things. And so that's why when you killed the Colossi, you saw this shadowy figure standing over you every time. Yeah. I thought that was like the essence of that, which was some person. So, you know, that that, that makes a lot of sense, too. That's that's really good. Now I just feel extra confused. <laughs> no, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> according so. according to the internet, though, this is technically a prequel to Eco, so I'm not sure. Okay, I'm not so sure exactly go. how to how to interpret this, but that's just what happens at the end. That's all I can say. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting too because you then you see Agro start this slow. It's so sad that she has to limp during this whole scene. Like, can we just? I understand she's got a sprained leg or something. Can she just yeah. walk normally? Because it's really, <laughs> it makes me feel bad. So she walks, she's walking up this giant shrine up to the top and you find them in this garden, yeah. right? This sort of oasis at the top of the shrine that you mentioned you can get to actually. And it's really weird because up there, there's life. There's birds. There's this, there's pools of water. There's fruit. There's and a deer up enough, there too. Yeah. The deer. Yeah, yeah. Which you don't see in the game. And the deer sort of responds very positively to little wander or whatever this horned boy is. And so does Agra and so does all the other life in this place, which really makes you start to go like, so is Dormin or is this demon actually bad? Or like, why is it sealed away? Why does this tribe have such an issue with these, these lands and this spirit? Like, maybe it's all wrong. Maybe actually this a positive thing to have this in existence. I don't know. It was it was that part also confused me because I'm like yeah. you'd think that the land would react negatively if it was truly a a malevolent force, you know. Again, more questions and yeah, ambiguity. We, we, we just don't have <laughs> answers to them. So right, yeah. Uh, but I I do want to move into our sure. our top five Colossus fights. I I really can't wait to break this down because I oh, I, I would love to just talk about some of your favorites and some of my favorites. 
Uh, I've got a list of top five, and I want to count down from d- down to one. Uh, okay. Do you want to do you want to start us off with your your fifth favorite? Oof! All right, I can start us off with my fifth favorite. For number five, I am going to go with Phaedra the horse. Oh yeah! So I I liked this one. Uh, so this is number four, uh, in the, the line of Colossus that you fight, but. Uh, Phaedra, the, the horse, she's the one that is hanging out in this grove that, uh, is also been turned into like a, a graveyard or like a mausoleum as well. Like there, there's, yeah, there's an like underground, or something. yeah, there, there's like this underground passage that you can, you can run into it and take. And so you have to coax her to, to start chasing you. And then what she does is like, like follows you toward this, this tiny hole that you crawl through. and then come out the other end of this tunnel and then she's like gone looking for you and and while you're you're like distracting her looking through this hole you climb up on her back yeah yeah and she's just such a weird sort of creature as well you know we do have colossi that resemble other types of animals and stuff like that which (laughs) we'll get to but she resembles it seems feminine to me she resembles a horse right and i and i think that that's a really interesting look and the way that the Colossus is designed is very striking. It's also one of the only ones that there is an element of hide and seek that goes into all these fights. But yeah. this one is a very it's ne- it's necessary for you to hide from Phaedra and to sort of sneak up on her in order to gain access to any of the vulnerable spots. I, the first time I fought this Colossus, I spent a good chunk just being like, I don't even know how to get on to this thing. <laughs> You yeah, know, and, and the area yeah. is very flat. There's not a lot of elevation. I kept thinking I would have to jump off the mounds of some of these sort of entrances to this bunker. And in a way, that is kind of something you can do. The speedrun yeah. strat has you jump off aggro, and there's a weird glitch you can get onto her almost immediately. But yeah. I've never been able to pull it off. So yeah, I just I found this colossi to be really interesting. And sort of the most of the battle is getting onto her. Once you're on Phaedra, it's very straightforward, and actually she doesn't shake around too much. Yeah. But yeah, just a very striking design and also very peaceful looking yeah. <laughs> in this Colossi. So I don't know. She, doesn't, she doesn't really attack you at all. She just she's like curious about you, but does exactly. not. She she doesn't really like try to try to kill you or stomp on you, whatever. She's just no. like curious. And mm-hmm. that's that's one thing that, that kind of made me feel bad for for killing that one. I think it's one of the first that I. I feel like, you know, this one doesn't really mean me any harm. So exactly. Why am I doing exactly. this? Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, my, my fifth favorite one is, uh, Gaius, the knight. He is the, Ooh. the third one that you fight. Uh, he's the, the guy that, that is really tall to get to him. He's up on top of this giant platform that is out in the middle of a lake. And he's got this huge stick that, he will swing at Wander. Every time he slams that thing into the ground, it's like a bomb going off. It is, it, it is like, and then what you have to do is run up to the, the stick and run on top of it and then start climbing that way. Uh, you have mm-hmm. to get him to like hit part of the arena that has like a really stiff stone on it so that part of his armor breaks off. But there's a, a skip that you can do where like, you get him to like fling you up off of his sword and then you fly through the air and grab one of his higher points. So that's part of the skip for um, 
the the time trial thing as well but he's got two different weak points that you have to find on there three if you're playing on the hard mode which is is pretty cool but like this is one of those first uh fights where like you kind of get the idea that you can approach these weak points from multiple directions in whatever order you want so you can hit the one on his belly first and then you can jump to either his left or his right arm and if you jump to his left arm you just start climbing and you reach his head and you you tack that one first but if you hit his right arm that's a harder one to climb onto uh but that one has a weak point on it so if you're going for that that best time in your time trial then that's the one you want to go for but it's more of a challenge absolutely yeah so gaius was on my list as well he was actually my number three. Oh, awesome and which is funny because he's the third colossi so it <laughs> was not on purpose i swear yeah but it, a lot of why i liked him was because of the complexity in the skip that you talked about i think it's incredibly satisfying to execute that skip where you use the sword to fling you up I actually managed to do it in my last run first try. Wow. I felt so good doing it because because, yeah, it's really hard. It's inconsistent, right? I yeah. had to retry tons of times on the time trial to do it. And I just got lucky. And I was like, oh, that felt so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the environment that you fight him in, specifically the lake that has that, that sort of spiral walkway for you to get to him. Yeah, I find very striking as well. So, I, yeah, I thought he was really cool. It teaches you to use your environment to your advantage in another fun way. And, you know, the humanoid enemies are really badass looking. The humanoid yeah. colossi. Yeah. And so he's one of those. And yeah, he's a great fight. Yeah. And the architecture around this fight is is another one of those that, like you mentioned, it's, it's just so weird. And so I right. look at this one and I, I just think, like, what is this place? Like, what yeah, was what, this? What? Because this <laughs> this is a giant kickstand that you have to get mm-hmm. your get onto. And then it has, like, chains coming off of it that are like linked to stones that are in the water it's just so it it, it doesn't make any sense and no. that's what creates a lot of the wonder with it one of the other things that i love about this fight is that every time i would finish it i immediately try and run to the edge of the the pedestal and try and jump off oh, and yeah. there was there was one time that i actually made that jump and what? then the tendrils caught me in midair before i could mm. even start falling but, you know, it, again, like like I said, it, it kind of feels wrong to not try and get away every time. I It's so funny you say that because I have been curious. I haven't looked this up, so maybe it's not possible. I've been curious about if there's any colossi that you can be at a point when you beat it that you can get on aggro quick enough and run. that oh, You can yeah. actually get away from the tendrils for a long time. Hmm. I don't know like how far they'll chase you. Will they chase you all the way across the land? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. I have no idea how yeah. that would work. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And like you said, the, the, the sort of pool that you find this environment in, Oh my gosh, I wish you could go deeper underwater. Yeah. You know, you can dive in this game, but it, and the, the visibility under there is so beautifully like obscure. You can, you know, it's, it's just how it would be in real life, but you just kind of want to keep following that spiral. Yeah. Be like, where does it go under this lake? What is going on under here? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so hit me with your number four. Okay, so number four, another pretty fun one, I think, is Kuramori, the poison lizard. Oh, yeah, this one is neat. This one is also really neat, and it has the thing that I like, which is the skill expressive way of you can one cycle this boss if you're fast enough. 
on normal at least um even without the time attack items so this is one where you find yourself in this very elaborate underground coliseum area or a jail or again you don't really know what the purpose of the space is but the space is huge yeah. actually and you can sort of be like wow there there was a lot of activity here at some point we don't exactly know what but it's also very fun because this was where i learned you could whistle which i had no <laughs> idea about but actually if you whistle right when you get into the arena you're gonna lure that boss right up to the top and then once you have the parachute like i found that you can just jump, you know, parachute down to the floor, shoot its legs. I mean, I just, I find the way that you interact with the boss to be really interesting. Um, it's one of the only ones as well that has a projectile that is not lightning yeah. or not like a fireball lightning kind of thing. It's a different sort of gaseous cloud. And yeah, it's just a, it's a very unique environment and arena to fight the boss in. And again, if you execute it well, you can do it in one cycle. So I thought Kuromori was awesome. I had no really idea you it. could you could whistle it and and lure it up to the top. That's a, yeah. that's amazing. It's so weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's like what? Been yeah. playing this game for twenty years and I had no idea. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, the, the, when you get in there and whistle, the music will change immediately, which signifies that it's like it's noticed you, and you yeah. can hear it start to come after you. It's like whoa, that's cool. That that's great. And also, like the the lead up to that fight, it, like the journey that you take, is really yes. cool because you first of all you go south you go you have to like go past all these other places that you've gone to fight the colossi and then you go into this cave that then like takes you past a waterfall that's beautiful and then you find uh what's it's like a small building and Mm -hmm. you go into this building and you start to travel downward and you're just kind of like wait this was a very small building that you can just walk around inside this cave and it also has a pond that has fish in it so you know the The only fish in the game as far as i know yeah it and it's a very unassuming building so like how like you would expect to have this massive coliseum underneath this building is is really cool so i loved going exactly yep it's a Um, great one yeah my number four is Avian the Eagle. Uh, and and this one, is this one on your list at all? It's number two. Oh, me. okay. It's, so It's almost my favorite. Yeah, it's an incredible fight. Let's skip that one and, and we'll come back to it. Um, oh, okay. Well, sure, <laughs> because, because I definitely yeah. want to have both of us talk about that one. Uh, okay, fantastic. But like, uh, let, what about uh, number 10, Dirge? This is my number three. Is he on your list? Ooh, he is not. Talk okay. to me about Dirge. So Dirge is the the sand snake guy that uh, is is in this underground desert, and he's he's in this like giant cave that has a sand floor, and this is like the he he's the 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 closest relation that you'll get to fighting one of the graboids from the movie Tremors, but mm. he's this <laughs> this like there is something in the sand that you can see moving and it's creating sand. It's creating waves or, or like some disturbance in the sand. And what you have to do in this fight is awesome. So, Oh, and before I forget the lead up to it, you can approach this from two different directions into this cave. And I didn't realize that until I was searching for shrines and I found the other way in and I was like, Whoa, so you you can come over here. Like (laughs) the entrance from the West is so foreboding because it has this, this cave entrance and there's a giant dead tree above the cave entrance. And it just, it looks like, it looks like there's going to be something bad in there. You know it. (laughs) And so 
you you follow the 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 sword light that you're you're holding up to the sun but like you know that there's a colossus in there and whatever it is is pretty nasty so down in this cave in the sand there is this snake that is traveling through the sand and he will attack you and chase you and to actually get him to be vulnerable you have to ride aggro out in front of him and get him to chase you on aggro take your bow and arrow turn around and shoot him in the eye as he's chasing you Ugh. and then he yeah. he like rams into the wall because he's been blinded that that action I thought was awesome because like, this is so badass. I love doing this. This is amazing. So, right. And it, one of the few, well, there's a few, I guess, but one of the few that you have to use aggro in the fight, really, Yeah, you know, like it's required for you to, to bring her into things, bring her into the mix. Yeah. Very, yeah. very cool. I, I always got annoyed or at least so far in my attempts, I've been annoyed because he'll crash into the wall and I'm like, cool, I got to get over to him real fast <laughs> and then I'll get over there. And it's like, I'll try to use, aggro's momentum to jump off her and land on him and i'll miss and then i'll like lose a bunch of time oh, it's no. like by the time i get onto this guy i hit him once and he's like all right that's it and i'm like damn it god <laughs> damn it yeah <laughs> so i haven't really got my strat down for him yet oh, okay okay i i don't think i had any trouble getting onto him once he was up against the wall but still yeah. like getting up there is difficult and then he's got two different weak points one that's like pretty close to where you can jump on him and the other one you have to like crawl all the way over to his head and and hit that one so you know it takes a lot of time to to figure that one out but sure you said that uh number three on your list was gaius the knight was there yeah. anything that you wanted to add to to talking about that guy up on the pedestal no I, d I don't think so other than you know just again to reiterate how inviting that environment is when you find him you know you're you're taking this pretty straight line path from the shrine mm -hmm. up to the north and then slightly to the west through this this canyon you get to that beautiful lake there's a tree there that and that's the first time i noticed that some of the trees look like they're more lush than others which is what keyed me in to keep an eye out for fruit trees actually because there's yeah. a tree right on the the edge of that lake so yeah i just thought that was really cool and again we talked about the architecture piece but yeah uh, you know gaius is uh as far as the humanoid ones go he's certainly up there yeah yeah i think this is also the first fight that you as you're you're looking for it you lose sight of the sun so you can't use oh, your sword yeah. as you're looking for it you just kind of have to get a sense that it is somewhere out there and then you just head in that general direction and you'll probably yeah. stumble upon it yeah, that's a great call out too. Yeah. That you that you do lose that. And then there is a sword you get through time attack, I think, that works even in the shadows or oh, yeah. works even yeah. in the dark, which is really cool. But but um yeah, that's a good point. That's part of the fun, is is just like kind of having faith that you're going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So mm -hmm. and even if you're not, you'll find something cool. Yeah, yeah.
we're down to number two on yeah. your list. Yes. So number two is is one that you've alluded to on your list as well, which is Avian, the Eagle. Yeah. Probably. I yeah. I mean, it's it's it was really tough for me to decide between this and the ones that are above it on the list because I really love this fight and just the way that it plays out. Yeah. The creature is so cool looking. I mean, it's like a pterodactyl or something. You know, yeah. it's just like what the hell and. It's so it makes so much sense where its weak points are, you know, one on each of its wings and then one at the very tip of its very long and weirdly furry tail. <laughs> um, you know, and I uh, it was a bit confusing at first. Again, how do I get onto this thing when you first get to this yeah. area? And also another one of those areas where it's like the scale of this is wild. Like you, you're basically jumping down into this submerged ruinous lake area but the, the 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 height of that area that you're in is massive. So at one point, if it wasn't full of water, what was going on here? Like, I don't know. Very very interesting. Yeah. And uh, you you have to lure it, you know, to come over to you and being standing in a certain spot. Then you jump and just grab on and hold on for dear life. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I really love this fight, and it's particularly satisfying to be able to do it without ever falling off or getting knocked off. Yeah. If you can kind of do it in one cycle. You know, I think I, I think my time attack on this guy was like two minutes and 45 seconds or something. I felt really good about that. So, yeah, I, I really like this fight and introduces some verticality, you know, yeah. and it teaches you that you're going to be on these things, not always uh, just when they're on the ground. Yeah. So this is yeah. the, the first one that is not up, uh, is not on the ground. This is the first one that's up in the air. And the way it starts is really cool, too, because it just it flies into the the area and lands on a perch somewhere. Yeah. And then you have to stand at a very specific spot and shoot it with an arrow to get it aggravated. And I, I took a picture of uh, like a, a screenshot of that moment and oriented it just right. So it is one of those like the, the come at me bro kind of moment where, uh, <laughs> where wanders aiming the, the bow and arrow at it. But I love that point where like, it's just, hanging out not doing anything it might see you but it doesn't care that you're there until you shoot it and then it jumps off that perch and swoops down at you and if you're not ready to jump up onto it it will just knock you into the water and knock off like a third of your health bar and so it, it is mm -hmm. uh it is a badass fight and i i loved it. it it's also a great example of just the sense of scale that the environment has because for as big as this thing is it still has enough room to fly around in the area so mm. this flooded city is massive and yeah, yeah. It, it is just amazing to take in i just want to know what happened in this area <laughs> i mean it kind of speaks to the whole yeah. thing for the the you know the forbidden land which is like is it is it empty and desolate because of the fact that now the colossi are there or what like I did I don't know like was it like this area was really teeming with life and all of a sudden it's just it disappeared what made it disappear mm -hmm. like I, I don't yeah. I have really no idea it's it's such an interesting area yeah so. yeah and, and you know what was amazing I can't believe we didn't talk about this during our general discussion but did you ever get down onto the beach on the western shore um, oh no a, I did not so like there is a very small pathway that you can take out on the the western cliffs that you can it it, it is up by Durge's fight, but that okay. shrine has a small pathway just to the south of it that you can take down the cliffs down to the beach. 
And that beach is the same beach from the end of Eco. Mm -hmm. A small little Easter egg down there. There's nothing down there you need to collect. But you just so you know, like there is that pathway that you can take down to the beach. Very and so it's it's like it looks identical. Is that what yeah. what you mean, or is it okay? Wow, it, it's the wow. identical beach down there, but like you well, you can't really get down there from any other way. Oh, that's so, so cool. Yeah, love it. Anyway, my 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 number two on this, and this absolutely has like my my most favorite entrance of any of the Colossus as well. And I wonder if you can Ooh. guess it. It is okay. Phalanx the Sky Snake. I I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you said entrance, I was like, oh, it's gotta be failing. This guy. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. This thing, th- this is like one of the, the best examples of beauty when it comes to these colossus and just the magnificent scale of these things. This is like this that how how he his entrance is amazing, where like you ride out into this desert that has those rings in it and you, if mm-hmm. you approach the the ruins, what he'll do is he'll fly out of the ground, and it's just this loud boom of, uh, of like a train going by. But he is just he flies out of the ground and up into the air, and then swirls around. And I I don't know what it is about like the framing or anything, but it is like watching, it's it's like watching a train fly through the sky, and yeah. it, it has a lot of grace to it. And then he swirls around and starts to just travel around the desert. And he's not trying to to harm you in any way. He's just existing there. Mm-hmm. And the music, it's, music just adds to this, but you can just sit there and watch him glide. And it is beautiful to, to see this thing. Yeah, it, it truly is. It's, yeah. It seems to be inflating sacks of, air under itself to keep itself yeah it's really a very interesting looking boss and this is one of those things where i was thinking about those rings in the sand and going do i get him to go through these rings and oh no (laughs) you know what i mean like i was like yeah is that how it works you know but um but yeah i i I really enjoyed this fight it barely did not make my top five but it is i mean they're so close in ranking there's really only one colossi that i don't enjoy fighting which we can talk about later if we want to but yeah yeah, yeah. Th- this one is, is so so cool and the second of our sort of avian style and air fights but this one just being in the desert there's a sandstorm that's going on in the area and i love the skill expression of having to lead your arrows to hit those sacks as he's flying around yeah. and then using aggro to jump onto his wing and stuff oh, like that it's, it's, it's like a really interesting fight it, it is like one of the coolest things it feels so badass to do because you have to yeah. like you have to get this this thing to lower its wings that start to drag in the sand and then you have to ride up alongside it with aggro and mm-hmm. jump from aggro onto one of the wings and it it feels like you know you're you're about to like rob a train but <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly what it feels it's, like. It's like you're you're like riding up alongside and then you have to make your move and jump. So I, I and love I've definitely that. missed, which sucks. When oh, me you too. Miss, you're like, me too. oh man, I am so far behind now. Like <laughs> so yeah, it's fun. Yeah. So uh and, and then like, you know, once you're on, he then flies up into the air and you know, you're you're like watching aggro run around down on the ground and panic, but you have to jump from the wing onto the body and then you have to run along the body as he's like undulating through the air. And every once in a while he might 
do a somersault and try and like flip you off, but you just have to be yeah. ready and grab onto him, you know, while he's, he's like flipping. That one feels pretty awesome. It totally does. I've, so in watching the speed run, I didn't spoil it for myself. I watched the speed runs after I'd done a couple runs already of my own, yeah. but there's apparently a way that you one cycle this guy without him diving back oh, into the yeah. sand and having to shoot again. I haven't been able to pull it off. Um, <laughs> it, it involves a very specific amount of damage to the two sigils mm-hmm. uh, further up on him and then just leaving them alive, actually, and going to the very far back sigil and having enough damage on that one to finish yeah. him off. I just don't know what the values are for that, so I haven't been able to get it to work. But it is a very cool strat if you can nail it. Yeah, yeah. And, and it feels pretty satisfying, too, because then like you, you've been able to like damage him just enough so that he's not you know completely running away but still like you're you're doing it enough so that like you've really figured this out and you know the the game doesn't tell you exactly like how much will aggravate these colossus but uh this one in particular is is just like there's a very fine art to getting this one down mhm mhm and another one you can lose a lot of time to on time attack oh, yeah. if you mess up oh my gosh <laughs> yeah <laughs> Okay, so we are down to your number one favorite Colossus in the game. Yes, yes. And I think it might be a bit surprising for people. All right. It is Malice. No, it's not. I <laughs> okay, so what it is, is uh, Zenobia, the guard dog, actually. Oh. So this fight is one that there's a couple fights in the game that have really small sort of almost pit bull or sort of dog like looking yeah. colossi. And they're way more unassuming in that sense. But this fight is so interesting because it re- at the very end, tail end of the game here, Colossus number 14, it decides to throw platforming in a more traditional sense and really like a lot more of a uh, sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a matador style fight into yeah. the mix where you're getting this thing to chase you around the arena and each time it hits these pillars, they're collapsing and you use that falling pillar to jump to another pillar. And it's this whole merry chase around this courtyard in this very tucked away, beautiful little city. Yeah. And it, it culminates in this in this moment where you get this balcony to fall on him by collapsing this final pillar that breaks his armor that then allows you to finally go and get only a couple stabs. There's only one sigil on this guy mm-hmm. to beat him. Yeah. But the reason it's my favorite fight is because of how different it is to the other fights in that it's primarily a platforming boss fight. Yeah. And it's asking you to execute some cool jumps and you're really using your bow for most of the fight to keep him lured to you. And it's not till the very, very end that you pull out your sword. And yeah, I just love the area again, architecture in the space you fight in is a massive part of why I like some of these fights. And this is one that's, it's really, really cool. And yeah, uh, yeah. The, the, the platforming <laughs> the platforming moments in it are really cool because like I, I love that that moment where like he'll ram one of the columns that you're hanging on to and as yeah. it's falling over you're like on the right side that that it's going to la- like it's going to be on on the upright side that you're on so you're just like okay yes I'm on the right side it's going good yeah. <laughs> but like yes it, it just feels so awesome to to run through that city and and like try and get him to to like ram some of those those pillars and eventually like you get that balcony falling on top of him you're like oh he's finally vulnerable i got him and and like you, yeah you have to like <laughs> get him all the way over to that balcony but um that that's an awesome fight i i loved it 
Uh, I yeah, and it it's so goofy yeah. when you finally beat him too. Where I don't know if you've noticed, like in the screen where the colossi are dying, your your character just kind of still hangs on to them. Yeah, when they're yeah. falling. And this guy is so small and close to the ground that you're basically just hanging on and he like just rolls over and you just like stay hanging on to this guy. <laughs> it looks so, so goofy in the cutscene, but yeah, it's very fun. Yeah. Uh, so like this also has one of those moments where like uh, it, it is probably the most tucked away Colossus fight in the game where like yes. it is way up in the Northwest past the Umbral Glade that I mentioned earlier there's there's like this this road that you have to take to it and then the road has like these giant columns that you have to ride between and then there's a cave that you take that has a a small pond in it it just keeps going and going and i remember thinking to myself as i'm like riding the horse up that road just thinking where the fuck am i going good god like i know (laughs) this where is this thing yeah and it's it's also like when you find it, it's I don't think it is the biggest sort of architectural structure that you encounter. I think no Argus has a massive arena as well, but but it certainly feels the most dense in yeah. that like you get into this courtyard and you're like this feels like it was a courtyard for a city, you know. Yeah. And you, you're going up these steps that ascend to this massive door and area that he's that Zenobia eventually comes out and, and attacks you from. But you know it's, it invites that discovery again of like what's behind that door, like what is what is he guarding you know yeah. and i haven't done this but it would be fun to go back to that area after you've beaten him and just explore it a bit more yeah i'm, yeah. I'm sure there's a coin or something there but yeah it's, there are it's a few be... yeah yeah okay cool yeah don't worry my 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 number one is not malice either but oh, thank god <laughs> he, <laughs> he he came close on the list like i i do enjoy that fight he does like he's He's the only uh, the the only Colossus that doesn't move around, and instead he just shoots like tank shells at you and can blow you off the cliff. But yeah, um, he's actually not the one that I hate either. He's fine. <laughs> I, I I don't strong. You know, he's whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just don't love him. But my my favorite one though has got to be Basarin the tank, and oh, this guy was one of those where like. I I did not know what to expect with this. Um, he's kind of turtle-like, and he crawls out of this cave into this lake bed that has geysers coming up out of it, and you have to get him to crawl up over one of the geysers, and then the geyser will shoot water up onto him, and that will cause him to have uh, have weak points exposed on his feet, and then when you shoot the feet with arrows, he will roll over like a turtle and then you have to grab on to uh one of his spots and start to climb before he gets back up onto his feet the that moment where you get him to roll over it's like uh it's like watching uh, a a car like a giant car flip over and crash it is mm-hmm. because it has it's so loud there's just dust everywhere as he rolls it's <laughs> yeah. crazy looking and it feels yeah. badass to just like as that's happening, you you have Wander running full speed toward it, and it yeah. it feels like he's running into a war zone. So oh, yeah. I I love that one, and then like as as he turns over, then you have to like crawl over to his backside, uh, and then run up his back toward his head. Uh, mm. I the first time I played it, I thought like, oh, there's probably gonna be like a maze on the back, like that I have to yeah. I make my way through. No, 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 it's fine. 
you just have to run straight through down his back. But oh, it's still like really cool. He's yeah, he's a great yeah. boss too. And yeah, I for some reason on the last run I did, I was having a hell of a time getting onto this guy. So like I was crawling on him on his underside, and then there's a point where he's gonna roll over. So you need to transition to be like on top of him when he rolls over, yeah. right? And the physics just kept throwing me off and it was so <laughs> weird because like the first couple times i played the game i had no issues with this guy you yeah. know or or the issue was more trying to get him over a geyser but for whatever reason the last time i played he was just not cooperating which was a bummer but he's a very cool design and also it's one of the only areas that other than like a waterfall or something we see a distinct geographic feature in yeah. the forbidden lands yeah with these geysers coming up so that's a really fun piece as well yeah i i love that one Okay. Well, Colin, Very thank cool. you. Thank you so much for, for talking about Shadow of the Colossus with me. This has been a great conversation. Absolutely. I yeah. appreciate you inviting me onto the show. It's been great to get to talk about a game more in depth. Oh, yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Uh, again, remind us uh, where, where can people find you? Sure. So yeah, Trophy Talk Podcast is my biweekly trophy hunting show that I do with two other co-hosts, Slugger and Daryl Fuimano. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, at Trophy Talk Podcast. Awesome. And if you want to get in touch with me, CK Present, anywhere you would look. Okay, great. And and for me, uh, again, the Portland Kevin on Discord, uh, PS Plus Game Club at gmail.com. Have a great day, Colin. And everyone out there, have fun playing around. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>